You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The 8 o'clock hour is here on 106.7 The Fan. What's up, DMV? How's everybody doing? We're on your AM FM dial. We're on the Odyssey app and on our stream at thefandc.com. And however you're tuned in tonight, we appreciate you hanging out with us for just a little bit. I'm Danny Noakes, our guy Donald here producing the show. And we're with you for the next hour and 54 minutes, just about. Yes, off the air at 10 p.m. tonight. We've already been cranking for the last hour and a half, though. So... A lot of NFL draft talk. We even did a little bit of baseball there for you seam heads with R.J. Anderson of CBSSports.com's Major League Baseball coverage. But, hey, if you want to jump in on the conversation, 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line. You can hit me up on Twitter as well. It's a great way to get in touch with me. It's the easiest, the quickest way, at Danny Noakes there, or tweet the station at 1067, the fan on Twitter. Thanks also to Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. He joined us back at about 7.15 as well. Good, good breakdown analysis from, from Michael Phillips on what the Commanders might be doing coming up tour, uh, coming up for the 2022 NFL Draft, but also good insight on the new announcement today that stems from the latest controversy around the Commanders that the Attorney's General Office in Virginia, uh, led by Attorney General Jason Miares, is going to investigate the Commanders franchise. So, just another thing to kind of keep an eye on, but as Michael Phillips kind of alluded to, there's been a lot of smoke around this for a while. Now what happens really is anyone's guess. I mean, it's it's just an absolute mess. So I want to go back, talk a little bit more NFL draft. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with Debo Samuel, the San Francisco 49ers as well, because much like Ron Vera and Martin Mayhew of the Commanders addressing the media today, also addressing the media was San Francisco 49ers general manager Debo, or uh, not the general manager, John Lynch is the general manager. He was talking about Debo as well as what the Niners might do with their lack of a first-round pick in their 2022 NFL draft. And John Lynch said, quote, I can't ever imagine wanting to move on from Debo. You put yourself through the exercises of, even though we don't have a first-round pick, you have to be thorough in this process and prepare for everything. So you go through it and do that. He's just too good of a player. We've got nothing but love for him, nothing but appreciation for what he's brought, but you just don't let guys like that walk. So I can't envision a scenario where we would trade him, end quote. Samuel, of course, told ESPN's Jeff Darlington last week that he had requested a trade. And there have been reports coming from other outlets that Debo has refused to engage with the Niners on a potential contract extension. He's got one year left on this rookie deal, just under $5 million he would make in 2022 if he were to still play on that rookie contract. Now, Debo was in a nightclub this weekend. <laughs> that never starts a story off well, does it? Well, n- nothing bad happened, so let's let's get that off the bat right there. No, this was actually funny. Because there was a sign that was being paraded around, and if look, I've 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 never been in what I would consider a club, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes right now. A club, been in plenty of jam-packed bars, 
packed to the gills. Never really a club, though. So sometimes when there's a birthday, any sort of celebration, you have some servers roll around with these lit up signs. Sometimes they're shooting sparklers off and whatnot. And so there was a sign being paraded around this club that said something along the lines of, Debo is staying, go Niners. And then the camera pans to Debo, who you can see clear as day off in the distance. He's sitting like above everybody else, maybe on on top of, uh, I, I couldn't even tell. But you can see him off in the distance and then he looks at the camera and gives this neck slash and shakes his head saying, nope, <laughs> as that server continues to march around the club with the sign held high over their head, thinking that there's no chance that Debo ends up staying or ends up leaving San Francisco. I just thought it was funny. It doesn't seem like he wants to stay. You know, John Lynch, with his comments today, made it sound like they're going to do everything in their power to keep him there in San Francisco. I don't know. And I don't know exactly what the beef there is between them, right? I found myself asking this, though, today. And it's not as though any team is in a position to have both of these guys, but this is what we do. We compare. We compare and contrast. So would you rather have Debo Samuel or would you rather have Terry McLaurin? They're both 26 years old. Terry's about three or four months older. And I think if we're doing this show here in D.C., we got to at least admit some bias since we watch more of the football team slash now Commanders games. But even if we just look at the numbers... I think the advantage here goes to Terry McLaurin. Look, Debo was in the end zone 14 times last season. 15 15 if you include the passing touchdown that he threw. That's a clear, clear advantage over the five touchdowns that Terry had a season ago, right? But so, it's impossible not to look at who's been throwing each of these guys the ball. Terry's had almost 10 different quarterbacks in three years that he's been here in D.C., Whereas Debo Samuel's mostly been catching passes from Jimmy G. Now, Bethard played some. Trey Lance played some in the last couple years. But the number of signal callers that Terry's had to deal with certainly outpaces what they've had over there in San Francisco. And that's a very clear disadvantage for Terry McLaurin, despite him getting about the same amount of targets that Debo did. San Francisco's offensive line is better. And obviously, Trent Williams went over there and played very well for the Niners. But you've also got to factor in Kyle Shanahan, another former Redskins staffer. And despite his shortcomings, however you feel about Kyle Shanahan, one thing not up for debate is his ability to call plays. He's very good at that, and he's pretty darn good at getting his best players the ball. Who's San Francisco's best offensive player? Debo Samuel. So it makes sense that he scored 15 touchdowns three different ways last year. They're giving him the ball every which way that they possibly can. Jimmy G ultimately is the reason that they've fallen short. They're a decent franchise right now, though. The NFC West didn't exactly get stronger with Russell Wilson leaving and going to the AFC West. But if they lose Debo Samuel, you're talking about a pretty different team. Certainly a much different offense. But if we are looking at both Debo and Terry and comparing them against one another, Terry just strikes me as, A, more consistent, and he he has been more consistent because he was relied on more early in his career. 
the first two years of his tenure here in DC, he's destroyed Debo in every statistical category imaginable because Debo didn't really play a whole lot. Certainly not in the injury riddled 2020, but even the year before that, when he was a little bit of a later round pick and just ultimately didn't, it wasn't real, as I said, wasn't relied on the same way that Terry McLaurin was, was second round draft pick. So it, it makes sense that they would count on Terry a little bit earlier in his career. But you also have the fact that Debo gets the ball on the ground a lot, right? Now, he's definitely a wide receiver. It's not as though... And I actually... I don't remember if in our fantasy football league, if he was a guy that you could play at both receiver and running back. Donald, if you know that off the top of your head, let me know. I don't think he was, though. Because every now and then you've got a guy that can play wide receiver and tight end, and that might help if you you know, have an extra flex spot or something. I don't know if Debo was one of those hybrid guys, though. But even if he wasn't, he's still getting the ball on the ground a lot, and that opens him up for a lot more punishment. The undeniable trend of the National Football League now is that running backs don't last very long. And while Debo's not a running back, he's still touching the ball more than your prototypical wide receiver, and he's not putting up the best numbers in the NFL. He's just not. He's not considered among the top five best receivers in the NFL. He's not. He's very good. Don't get me wrong. And I think they'd be crazy to want to move on from him. I'm more curious as to what exactly he is so fired up about when it comes to this dispute with the Niners and why he's not even willing to negotiate a contract extension with them. I mean, shoot, we were talking to Phillips about, you know, an hour or so ago about Terry McLaurin, all this awful stuff that's happening around the commander's organization. And it is, it's mostly happening to Dan Snyder, but it obviously affects the commander's organization and really the DMV as a whole. Even the commanders seem to have some positive momentum going towards re-signing Terry McLaurin. Right? That's that's something that wasn't necessarily a given. So, I don't know. I think that Washington's going to have a, a much better result for their wide receiver seeking a contract extension than San Francisco will. One way or another, even if Debo does stay with San Francisco, whatever deal they give him, I think Terry McLaurin will outplay Debo. That's my that's my prediction. I think Terry McLaurin, once you give him someone like Carson Wentz, and I think Carson Wentz is going to go to him a lot, on top of going to Logan Thomas a lot. He likes to throw to his tight ends. I think he's going to go to Terry a lot, and I think Terry is poised for as long as he can stay healthy and knock on wood that he does just that, a good season. Let's step aside. We'll take a quick break. More to get to. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Lucky for you guys, overtime is extra long this evening because we're with you up until 10 o'clock. That means you got us for 90 more minutes. It's nice when the Nats don't have a game, isn't it? Nats needed a night off, let's be honest. Man, they are struggling right now. Again, I said it in our conversation with RJ Anderson, CBSSports.com, Major League Baseball coverage earlier. Don't want to pile on them. There are a lot of things you got to consider. Five losses in a row, though, coming off a sweep of the by the San Francisco Giants. Not of the Giants, but by them. And none of the games were particularly close. So Nats back in action tomorrow night, 7.05 first pitch right here on 106.7. The fan, Charlie and Dave with the call. They are hosting the Miami Marlins. So hopefully they can get back on track. By the way, also tomorrow we have the Washington Capitals who are going to be back in action. They've got a 7.05 puck drop as well. The New York Islanders are going to be hosting the Caps. And by the way, back-to-back games for the Caps against the Islanders. You've got one on Tuesday. You've got another on Thursday before the Caps ultimately finish up their season with the Rangers later on this week. And then it's playoff time. Then it's time for all of us D.C. sports fans, D.C. sports media to embrace the chaos that is the Stanley Cup playoffs. You never know what can happen with the Stanley Cup playoffs. There have been years where we've gone in as Caps fans, as folks that cover the Caps, and we've been as confident as ever before that the Caps are going to win the Stanley Cup. President's Cup champions, only to be bounced in the first round. And then obviously 2018 comes around. They exercise the demons that were up in Pittsburgh. They take down the Pens. They take down the Lightning after falling behind in the Eastern Conference Finals before ultimately taking out the Cinderella startup Golden Knights, Las Vegas Golden Knights there to finish things off. I want to do some caps here in this segment. Before I do, I want to hand out an MVP award. I'll give an MVP to my girlfriend, Val. I live here at home in Glen Allen, which for those of you who don't know, suburb of Richmond with Val. We're happy here, and that's where I'm doing the show from. But being on the air from 6.30 to 10, kind of a tough window to try and fit dinner in. So we get Blue Apron. And Val does a wonderful job cooking three nights a week in the meals that we get from Blue Apron. So she just brought me this delicious shrimp rice bake that was just absolutely phenomenal, and I appreciate it. So thank you, honey. 
And now I'm fueled for the last 90 minutes of the show. By the way, I ate that for like the last three breaks. So it's down. It's good. We're rocking and rolling. Back to the Caps, though. They've been playing pretty well as of late. The problem was what we saw in the game last night. Alex Ovechkin injured in the loss to the Maple Leafs. Second consecutive uh, shootout loss as well, by the way. 4-3 to three was the final score against the Maple Leafs. He goes hard. If you haven't seen the replay, he went hard on the board. She was charging towards the net. Looked like a very Alex Ovechkin-type play, you know, trying to create something near the crease and just ended up losing his footing. He went hard into the boards. It looked like his shoulder. It looked like a shoulder issue, okay? Now, Ovi was present earlier today at the team photo. He was actually seen helping owner Ted Leonsis onto the ice. But he's listed as day-to-day, just with an upper body injury. It looked like his shoulder, but again, I'm not exactly sure what it did end up being. They got shoulder pads. It could have been a, a ligament issue, obviously, if he, you know, landed awkwardly, which going into the wall at that speed, there's certainly a high chance of that happening. But there is a morning skate tomorrow before the game with the Islanders tomorrow night. That will give us a good indicator as to whether or not we see Ovi in that game or really even the rest of the season. I was reading some coverage from NBC Sports Washington, and they were just kind of describing what Ovi was like as they tried to take this team photo today. And the report said that Ovi, when there was a big round of applause for something that was happening there, Ovechkin was one of... I think maybe the only person that actually didn't applaud. And it was because the guy can't really move his left arm. Again, sounds like a shoulder thing to me, but maybe it's maybe it's an elbow. He wasn't in a sling, so that's important to know. But I wonder if he wasn't in a sling because they were taking the photo. That's something that could be the case. But at the same time, He's Ovi. They're going to do everything in their power to protect him. So, we just have to monitor that situation as time goes on. If you got to play it safe, hold him out. Hold him out for the last three games of the season because the Caps have clinched a playoff berth. The Islanders have been officially eliminated. Neither of those two teams, and these are the two of the three matchups that the Caps have left in the regular season, there's not a whole lot to play for. The Rangers have also clinched a playoff berth. That's who the Caps' regular season finale is against. So you just don't want to push it too hard, right? And I think head coach Peter Laviolette definitely understands that. He's obviously going to make the best decision for Ovi, for the team moving forward. And ultimately, it comes down to whether or not Ovi is healthy. The doctors over there with the Caps, will ultimately determine whether or not he is good to go. But so, tomorrow night, Caps, Islanders, 7.05 puck drop. Nats, Marlins, 7.05 first pitch. A little DC double dip, if you will. For the Caps, they're clinched, they've clinched a playoff spot. I'm interested to see what they do. Interested to see what they do this year. All right, let's get back to the NFL. We'll do that, but before... Not before we take another quick break. So we'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan.
8.33 p.m. on a Monday night. Danny Noakes with you, 106.7 The Fan. Donald here producing the show. Got a little under an hour and a half to go here today. Mentioned we'd get back into a little NFL, which we will do here. A little more of a somber note on this segment as we haven't talked about or remembered Dwayne Haskins at all today. And last night, Dwayne Haskins, there was a vigil at his old school. And by the way, Sam Fortier, who is a writer for the Washington Post, did a great job of uh, covering this event and kind of putting in perspective what it meant to the folks that were in attendance, obviously Dwayne's family and some of his former teammates. Bullis High School there in Potomac, Maryland. Stands filled up one last time for Dwayne Haskins, obviously struck and killed while crossing a South Florida highway earlier this month. And there were some good memories at the at the memorial service held at Bullis High School in Potomac yesterday. Among those in attendance, Dan and Tanya Snyder of the Commanders, Jason Wright, Doug Williams, John Allen, his teammate, Ryan Day, his head coach at Ohio State, not to mention Terry McLaurin, who was also there. And the quote that I keep seeing from Terry McLaurin is this, quote, Dwayne made me a better man and a better friend, end quote. And I just think that's really cool. There was a lot of controversy in the, really the hours after Haskins was killed, but certainly the next day or so, and the controversy didn't surround Dwayne at all or or really anything that had to do with what happened, but really how it was handled, how it was covered by a specific NFL journalist. And it just came off very... Well, we don't need to even dive back into exactly how it came off because obviously that journalist came out and apologized. I'm not in the business of promoting certain people and what they do and the mistakes that they make, right? We already went through this on a completely different topic today, but you guys all know who I'm talking about. I just thought that these comments from Terry McLaurin were very warm. They were obviously full of sorrow as he's no longer got one of his friends with him. But I thought it was a fitting tribute, and it was at least nice for his family and some of his friends to come together and be able to celebrate his life. Because it's tough. It's very tragic. There's no doubt about that. What I actually found interesting, too, about this, there's an article, I mentioned Sam Fortier, the Washington Post, was there at, at the, uh, the funeral service, and he also wrote a piece that was published early this morning, about 7.28 a.m., for the Washington Post. And, and one, of the, one of the more interesting tidbits here is actually from Maryland football coach Mike Loxley who I think may have been in attendance, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm not saying definitively one way or another. But this was just something that Sam put in to this article because he had the chance to talk to Coach Loxley at some point. But Loxley essentially said he understood what the Haskins family was going through because Loxley's son, Mike O, was shot and killed in 2017, and he would have turned 30 on Sunday. And so Loxley acknowledged that the loss never gets easier, but noted that if you do lift up the good memories, it helps. 
And by the way, apparently that's another sentiment that Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey shared in a letter. So that, those are just some of the people that were coming together to celebrate the life of Dwayne Haskins. Certainly ending far too soon and in a very tragic way. Certainly hope to hope for his family that they find peace very soon and that they're they're able to obviously go through life without a member of their family, which is incredibly hard. For anybody out there that's going through something similar or maybe even the same thing, thinking about you. Can't imagine how difficult that must be. So elsewhere around the NFL, and there's really no easy way to segue into a completely different topic when you're talking about the tragic loss of someone. We got more NFL draft to go to. We'll rehash some of our discussion on what the commanders might do at number 11. Martin Mayhew's comments sure seem like they're going to try their hardest to trade back. That's what it sounds like. But as we get ready to finish up this 8 o'clock hour, and we'll have one more segment after this one, for a brief few minutes, I hope you'll allow me to just pontificate a bit on the NBA playoffs. Not that I've watched a ton of them. Not that I need you to hear who I think is going to win it all. But why it's been so... Why it's been so uninteresting. Which is surprising. Because for me, it's not the fact that the Lakers and LeBron aren't there. Maybe for, for someone like me, it's the fact that I don't really have a horse in the race when it, when it comes to the Wizards having been out since... Months ago, <laughs> whenever that was. So we'll spend some time doing that as well. But back towards the NFL and the NFL draft. It's coming up on Thursday. Commanders have the 11th overall pick, but at 1-2, and two, Jacksonville, Detroit. What ends up happening? Are the Jags just throwing a bunch of smoke and mirrors right now? Because Aiden Hutchison was the locked-in number one overall pick up until maybe the last month or so. And now Trayvon Walker is creeping in. He's building some confidence momentum. And he might end up being the number one overall pick. It's out in Vegas. You're going to see coverage all night long. You're only going to see the first round now that they're doing the first round on Thursday nights instead of making it two days on a Saturday and a Sunday. So it should be a heck of a lot of fun. Let's do this. Step aside. Take a quick break. We'll do a little basketball. And we've got more to get into. Stick around. You're listening to 1067 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So it looks like we're getting our first look at what the commander's field is going to look like for the draft party that's coming up this weekend and what we can expect it to look like for the 2022 season. Darren Haynes of WUSA9 putting out a tweet a little over an hour ago that says, must see for the first time the commander's name and logo is on the field at FedEx. And then it gives you a video panning to both ends of the stadium where you can clearly see the commander's new wordmark in the end zones as well as their new W logo in the middle of the field. The opinions coming in on, well, and they came in the entire time the commanders were looking for a new name and whatnot. When it comes to the field, well, FedEx field is just the worst place to go watch a football game in the NFL. I don't think anybody's going to debate that, but the actual look of the field, having the shield in the middle of it, and actually never bothered me. Now, it was amazing when the Redskins logo was smack dab in the middle of it, right? It was just a very sharp-looking logo. But I was never bothered by the teams that used the NFL logo in the middle of the field. I think the Giants did that. They may still, actually, I believe the Giants and the Jets still do that. There have been some other teams over the years that have done it. Never really bothered me. But the W there, it does look sharp. If you hate the name, if you hate the logo, nothing that I can say is going to change that. I don't blame you, but... That's what we've got going on. Everything, the paint is down, it would appear, and they're ready for the draft party. So speaking of other less important NFL topics, what I didn't realize about this year's, as they call it, the match, is that it doesn't look like there's any PGA Tour professionals in this year's event, right? When Capital One and... They invented this event called The Match, and it was Tiger, and I think it was, was it Tiger and Peyton versus Phil and Tom? I think that's what it, the original matchup was, Tiger and Peyton versus Phil and Tom. I think that's what it originally was. Well, this year, it's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So, just casually, the, what, four best quarterbacks in the league? <laughs> It's very interesting. Supposedly, by the way, Tom's got an 8.1 handicap that he registered ahead of last year's event. And Josh Allen played in the PGA Tours AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am back in February. It was only a couple months ago. And he was a 9 on the dot, 9 handicap. And so they're just trading barbs back and forth on Twitter. And it's just funny. And it's interesting that we're not going to have any form of a PGA tour pro playing alongside any of these guys because remember it was also Bryson and Brooks Kepka were a part of it one year these these one-off sort of the match or gosh I, I hate to throw the 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 pay-per-view fights in there too not not your UFC events no I'm talking about whoever Jake Paul has offered to fight him in the ring right these one-off events kind of seem to be 
garnering a bit of momentum, at least in the way that some fans consume them. I don't know how regular a occurrence it'll actually be because I would have to see all of the numbers. You don't have to pay to watch the match like you have to pay to watch some of those some of those bouts that you see between celebrities. But it is something that people tune in to see. And now with four NFL quarterbacks participating, that might actually drive numbers up, the fact that there's no PGA Tour guys there. We'll see. It all, always comes back to how they market that sort of thing. We got a couple of minutes left, and I said that I would I would just touch on the NBA. And I, it's not something that I am particularly passionate about anyway. The NBA is kind of near the bottom of the totem pole just for my personal preferences on leagues that I spend the most time watching. I mean, I think we all, most of us, any of you listening out there, certainly probably favor the NFL the most. Maybe not. Maybe it's baseball. Maybe it is the NBA. There's nothing wrong with with it one way or another. It's just how my brain particularly works. And I'm trying to figure out why these playoffs have been so uninteresting to me. And I, I honestly don't have an answer because you've got a couple of good series going on. New Orleans and Phoenix is a, is a pretty good series. Minnesota and Memphis is not bad either. But how much... <laughs> Between the two matchups that I just gave you, how how many how many how many players is the casual NBA fan is is going to recognize on on either of those squads? Right, you got Ja Morant on Memphis and KAT on Minnesota. And we could run down the list on some of the other guys, but those obviously aren't big basketball markets anyway. Boston and Brooklyn are playing right now. That's maybe. That's maybe the two most the two teams with the most recognizable brands, right? Either that or probably Denver and Golden State, but that's not a close series right now. And that's also where we're at here with the Celtics and the Nets. Brooklyn, if you're a Brooklyn fan, how frustrated must you be with the fact that you haven't had Kyrie Irving for large portions of the season because he refused to get vaccinated and wasn't able to play a lot of their home games up until maybe a month or so ago. And then you get Ben Simmons, who just isn't ready to play yet. And the latest on Ben Simmons, he met with the Brooklyn Nets, and they're saying that his mental health remains the focus. I'm definitely not going to sit here and criticize Ben Simmons if it really does come down to his mental health illness, because that's important. And it's finally being made to made out to be as important as it actually is for not just professional athletes, but for us, for all of us, everyday human beings. It's important for everybody, mental health. So I'm not here to criticize that. And he got there on February 10th. So he's he's been there for two months. But I don't think you're going to see him suit up in a Nets uniform anytime soon. I mean, he just doesn't... And maybe maybe his mental health starts to change a bit, but it just doesn't... It doesn't feel like it's in the cards for him anymore. You know, I, you never know what a guy is, is going through mentally. And we don't know everything that Ben Simmons is going through just kind of outside of his basketball responsibilities either. But... 
they're being very protective of him. So I'm being careful not to draw too far of a conclusion towards what his future might end up being. But at least if you look at this from a, a business standpoint and from a, an asset versus liability sort of mindset. Because the Nets tried to go all in, bring KD, Kyrie, and James Harden at one point, <laughs> right before he ended up going to the Sixers in that trade. And it didn't work out. I mean, it didn't even last a year before it worked out. It didn't work out, rather. And now they find themselves down three games to none to the Celtics. And the Celtics are the Celtics are good. It's that's a it's a franchise that really does seem to know how to build from the ground up. You know, now that Brad Stevens is in the front office as the president of basketball operations. By the way, the score to that game right now, 90 to 78. That's in action as we speak. End of the third quarter, the Celtics are up on the Nets, 90 to 78. You also got Toronto and Philly that is not quite as far into their game. Sixers lead that series three games to one over Toronto. And that's a 41-27 game right now, 7-14 to go in the second quarter. So Toronto's trying to extend that series right there. But the other the other couple series here that that deserve some attention, I think are the the Memphis, Minnesota, the New Orleans, Phoenix series, just because they're the most competitive ones. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even have I don't think either of those series has the next NBA champion in them. Right? Not even Phoenix. Not even Phoenix, who was playing for that just a year ago. And Golden State has come out and jumped all over the Nuggets, which has been somewhat of a surprise, especially with the season that Jokic has had. Golden State's up three games to one. This is what the Warriors do in the playoffs. They're as seasoned a team as anybody. And when you've got Steve Kerr leading your franchise along with Steph and Clay, who have as much playoff experience as they do, shoot, I'm looking up and down the Western Conference and wondering who's going to be able to take them out. Certainly not going to be a given. I like the Dallas and Utah series as well. They've been going back and forth. Utah winning the most recent game. That could be your best challenger to Golden State, whoever comes out of that series. It's just amazing. It's it's amazing to me how. I wonder why there's just not as much, there doesn't feel like there's as much juice around the playoffs this year. Because again, it feels like it's as wide open as it has been. Is that why? Is it because it's so wide open that there's not a a team that's sort of running away with it? That's kind of what it feels like. I don't think anybody's really missing LeBron that much. I mean, LeBron's been, LeBron's pretty much been LeBron for the last two years. But the Lakers stink. A lot of that had to do with him wanting to put that very old team together. <laughs> Somebody tweeted out, who's beating this team four times? And it was the picture of LeBron, AD, actually two top-tier players. But then it was Russ, Dwight Howard, and Carmelo, 
and maybe one other team. <laughs> you just laugh. <laughs> Russell Westbrook exited his prime four years ago. That might even be generous, by the way. Carmelo was retired. <laughs> Carmelo came out of retirement to play. And, and I mean, Dwight Howard really hasn't been the same player since he left Orlando. That was like 10 years ago. That was never going to work. But so I don't, I don't think anybody's missing that. That's why I'm just, and I'm only one guy. So if you're tuned in, you're watching TNT every night, you're watching the Celtics Nets right now, and you say there's plenty of juice, I believe you. It just doesn't seem like there, and as we get further into the playoffs, maybe that, maybe my opinion on that will change. But it just doesn't seem like the series that feature the best teams are particularly competitive right now. And considering they're playing the lower seeds, maybe that's to be expected. Let's see what the rest of the NBA playoffs have in store for us. I get the feeling that it's going to improve. But we do have to step aside and take a break, run out of time here in the 8 o'clock hour. But coming up next, we've got lots more NFL draft to get to. One hour to go with you up until 10 p.m., so stick around. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.